Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of this podcast. First and foremost, um, I apologize for only one episode last week. You know, I, that never happens. I only got, I've been doing this show for almost three years um, at this point. That has never happened at all. So I apologize about that again. I've just been going through um, a lot of stuff these last couple of weeks. Um, just a lot of tough conversations about just a whole bunch of topics. But I can assure you, I am feeling a lot better right now. Then this time around last week, um, I can definitely say that. And uh, while you're probably listening to this episode, it's going to be Tuesday, which means I will be um, in, en route to Aruba, my last official off-season vacation, celebrating my two-year anniversary um, with you know the girl, the girl that I'm living with, my wonderful girlfriend. Um, and I will have a couple other episodes that will drop at some point this week, probably Wednesday and Friday, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, uh, two of those three days. But this one's going to drop. On Tuesday, I'm recording at about 9.17 on Monday evening, and this will drop right after midnight. But for today's episode, we're going to get into um, some Brian Burke quotes today when he spoke to Dave Molinari. He's had some interesting nuggets in there. Um, an update on Evan Rodriguez from a few days ago. I know it's maybe a little bit of old news, but I have not touched on it just because I've been so off the grid these last few days. And we're also going to get into um, a Ty Smith article that I read today from EP Ringside and how... No, I think he has a chance to really surprise some people this year. So that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Locks on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO Marshall Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get right back into it. Again, I apologize for only one episode last week. That's not going to happen again. Um, you know, just, you know, and that's why I, you know, I don't usually have a lot of mental health problems, but, you know, it's been going through a lot lately. And um, I know it's been tough, but I know better days are ahead. And, um, you know, just doing this podcast really does take my mind off everything. And I love talking penguins hockey um, for you all. So let's, let's get right into it. So Brian Burke spoke to Dave Molinari of Pittsburgh Hockey Now. And, uh, you know, had the, he had there were some interesting um, quotes in it, I should say. Um, you know, he, he was asked about the nine defensemen and could they deal one. And he said, we don't have anything active with trade discussions right now. That said, other teams have asked about our defensemen when they've called, so it is a possibility. That is typical GM executive speak. He's not going to tip his hand. He's not going to obviously say which teams have called, but the fact that teams are calling, that is good news. I think for the Penguins to trade one of Dumoulin or Pedersen, they are going to have to want to be blown away by an offer. I think, you know, especially with where the defense looks right now, when you have Dumoulin and Latang on the top pairing, probably Marcus Pedersen with Jeff Petrie on the second pairing, Jan Ruto with I would think Ty Smith on the third pairing. I think the Penguins, you know, obviously they're not trading Chris Tang. They're not going to trade Jeff Petrie. They just acquired him. They're not going to trade Jan Ruta, um, not Ty Smith either. Um, but for the other two on there, um, I know they've been out there in trade talks. And again, you know, I would probably rather trade Dumoulin um, than Pedersen, even though I think it's a, di- a bit difficult to replace someone like Dumo. Um, you know, I-, I think if they were going to be traded, they probably would have been. By now, I still think you're looking at maybe a depth deed. Maybe just Chad Weedle get down now that he's kind of expendable down there. Does someone like Mark Friedman 
get dealt? I mean, does POJ get dealt for maybe a bottom six forward or something like that? I really do think the Penguins, they're going to have to be blown away again for Pedersen or Dumo, but for like one of the the other defensemen, if, if you can get maybe a draft pick young forward in return, I think they would do that. So obviously, you know, there's, it sounds like there's nothing active that said, you know, that they're not going to stop other teams from calling them. So it sounds like that some teams are interested in a couple of their players, but I, I guess the Penguins just haven't gotten an offer um, that they've liked. And also, you know, it's been pr- pretty quiet, I, I would say, as of late. I, I do think it's going to start to get pretty busy these next couple of weeks. I mean, training camp is, what, two, three weeks away at this point. There's a lot of good free agents out there still. So, um, you know, teams still need to get cap compliant. Definitely say, I, honestly, I'll be in Aruba until, so you all are listening to this on Tuesday. I will be there until very late Sunday night. I am just assuming that all the crazy stuff is going to happen while I'm over there. And like, I'm just gonna be like, well, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's only my luck. So, you know, it's going to heat up, I think pretty soon, but you know, it's still a little early enough in the dog days. Um, of summer. Um, Burke also said, I don't know if we're going to do anything else between now and camp. It's unlikely, but our phones are still ringing this time of year. People are still calling around. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's September 5th, Brian, as of right now, September 6th, when you all are listening to this, of course, teams are still calling around. There's two to three weeks to go into training camp. They're trying to finalize their rosters. Teams are trying to still dump salary, which again, is something that I do think the Penguins want to do. You know, Brian Burke, good executive. I think he's done a good job with the Penguins. You know, this is also someone that, you know, kind of hinted that Malkin was going to leave um, to the media when he didn't take their final offer. Literally less than 15 hours later, the Penguins signed you now. So, again, you know, this is this is not Jim Rutherford over here who is just going to, you know, have you on your lap and say, oh, what do you want for Christmas this year, sir? No, it's just, it's going to be typical GM speak. If this were Ron Hextall, I'm sure he would say, the exact same thing. But the quote that really got me interested was this. I think we're a better team going into next year. Now we're just waiting for camp to start. The better team part. Are you though? I mean, is the defense better? Yes. I think people that say that the defense is not as bad is not as good. Um, I think they're kind of lying to themselves. I think that they're overrating Mike Madison and I think he's a good player. But Jeff Petrie is better than him, and it's not even close. Look at the data. Just watch them both play. Ty Smith has the potential to be a really solid player. I'm going to get to him later on in this episode. Um, The defense is improved. You know, you got bigger, got tougher, better in front of the net, good players offensively, good players defensively. I think that's a strong unit. Goaltending, there's definitely a case to be made that the Penguins did not do enough there. Going in, this is now the third season of Jari DeSmith. You know, I know what the definition of insanity is. I'm sure you all know it as well if you go on Google all the time. Um, but, you know, it's it's a choice that Ron Hextall made, and he's going to have to live with it. So, you know, I, I would have liked to see them get maybe a better backup. But, you know, so you saw some of the other goalies with what they got. I just don't think the Penguins are going to be able to do that. Four-wise, the top six, very good. Bottom six, though, I don't think it's better than where it was last year. You know, you could roll Evan Rodriguez on your third line right now. Your sec, your, t- your 12th forward is someone like Ryan Paling, Josh Archibald, Drake Kajula, Drew O'Connor, Redeem Zahorna. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, it, I, I don't think they're deep. It's nice that they brought Danton Heinen back. Jeff Carter is still kicking a little bit. I hope he doesn't really fall off this season. He's very capping again. You have really no idea what the heck you're going to get from him. And then I think Teddy Bluger needs to bounce back. I think Brock McGinn 
needs to be more consistent. This season had a good first half, got banged up in the second half, was not nearly as good down the stretch, had a brutal um, seven games for the Penguins in the playoffs. Um, so I, I I don't think right now um, they're truly a better team. I think they're they're kind of where they were last year. Top three team in the Metro, I think a sure playoff team, but are they really much more than that? It's hard to say. I mean, would you say that they're a Stanley Cup contender? In my opinion, I don't think so. I think when you look at the East, who I think are above them, Tampa Bay, um, Carolina, you know, maybe the Rangers, but again, I'm not super crazy about the Rangers offseason moves. I think, you know, they lost a lot of goal scoring. Um, they signed Vince Trocek and didn't really do anything else. Uh, to be honest with you, you know, Toronto, but you know, it's, it's Toronto here. Um, you know, Boston's in the Atlantic. Um, you know, it's, I just, I don't think the metropolitan division though is that good this year. And I said that on one of the Twitter spaces last week, I believe was with a lot of the Penguins reporters. Um, I was very nice. Hockey DB was very nice to invite me on with Josh Yoey, Jesse Marshall, Josh Getzoff, um, Shelly Anderson and, you know, all those other people it was just really great to be on there. And, you know, I, I think the Penguins at least were the third, other third best team in their division. I mean, I think at, you know, most they're top two, but, um, you know, I, I think they're kind of where they were last year. Did they upgrade in, in, in at least one area? Yeah, I think they did. Did they downgrade in another area? Yeah. Did it kind of stay the same in another area? Sure. So, you know, it's, it's still a bit, I mean, I wouldn't say it's early. I know it's late in the off season, but you know, when you look at the off season as a whole, I think they're just kind of where they were last year. And, and, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, this is still a good team, a playoff team, a team that should have went at least into the second round of the Stanley cup playoffs this past year, a team that honestly could have, you know, gotten to the Eastern conference final. They showed how Carolina was looking, especially, um, against Boston, then they didn't look that good um, against the Rangers. Um, you know, I think they're a team that, you know, they can do some damage, but this is also a team that could potentially lose um, in the first round again. I know that's not what people want to hear. I get it. It's a results-oriented business. I know people are going to, you know, ask for, for heads to roll and all that stuff. But, you know, I think overall, when it comes to Burke's statement, I don't know if they're better. I, don't, I also don't think uh, they're worse, um, if you ask me. So that wraps up this first segment for today's episode. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into um, the story from Greg Wyszynski and his update on Evan Rodriguez. And it looks like the Penguins are um, still involved with him, which is really good news. But um, before we get to that, if you haven't tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? It's delicious. Indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Bilt has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk. Puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it is healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You can run to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and they're tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. They are so good. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, and get 15% off your order for one. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order at built.com. 
All right. Welcome back to another episode. Oh, welcome back to another episode. Welcome back to the at this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Yes, it has been a week, and um, that's embarrassing that I just messed that up. But you know, we're gonna roll with it. Um, remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. And again, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen. I know I have to put it down everyone's brain, but you know, I, I hope you all it's your first listen. So, um, getting to Greg's story here. So he said. Um, this was his story about September 1st of last um, week, you know, which players are left and where are they going? And he talked about Evan Rodriguez. He said he remains one of the buzziest players without a contract. Fans wonder why he hasn't signed yet, while also fantasy casting the versatile center on their team's roster. His agent apparently told ESPN that there are a good seven or eight teams he's having discussions with about Rodriguez, and he hopes to have something done soon. Well, it's been about almost a week now. Um uh, Darren Ferris's agent said there are two to three teams that we feel is a good fit with, but there are cap restraints. There are guys there. There are guys trying to move money to make room for it. And apparently he said, one of those teams is the Penguins who are capped out of course, with Malkin, Latang and Rust. And then they brought on Jeff Petrie. Um, He also said the Calgary flames has shown interest in Rodriguez and they may be in that conversation um, as well. So the fact that the Penguins are still involved in Rodriguez is a really good sign to me. You know, this is a player that, you know, it's kind of insane that he is still in the free agent market just two to three weeks before training camps open up. Um, you know, this is a player that in a normal world where there's no flat cap, he's probably getting 2.5 to 3 million per year or something like that. I think he might sign for less than that, um, to be honest. But the fact that the Penguins are still involved shows to me that they are trying to move salary again i know brian burke's like well we're probably not going to do anything again that's gm speak people they say that all the time they, they're not gonna t- they're not gonna tip their hand um with what they're discussing and all that i'm sure hextall you know he's been having conversations with teams every day but the, the fact of the matter is yens is that it's a flat cap and teams do not want to take on money still may, maybe that's going to change over these next couple weeks because training camps are coming up and teams might be more willing but right now they're, they're being difficult you know that's the nature of the offseason at this point, but you know, if the Penguins were to bring Rodriguez back, I, I would welcome it. I think he would be, you know, a really good fit still um, in this team's forward group. And yeah, I know it would look really similar, basically, if not identical to the forward group that they ran back last year. You know, maybe Ryan Paling is the 13th forward at that point, Drew O'Connor, something like that. But again, you know, is is it really that big of a deal that they run back, you know, a forward group that? was really good at 5v5 last year. You know, the Penguins, when Crosby and Malkin are on the ice the last couple of years, this is a four group that's outscored the opposition. Normally when those or normally when those kind of players are off the ice, you know, a team like the Penguins or a team like the Blackhawks back in the day or the Oilers, they would get outscored, but not the Penguins. You know, they, they've had good depth over these last few years and, you know, it's been able to stay afloat and, you know, they've been able to, you know, score more chances, score more goals than allow um, uh, opposing goals and, um, create more chances than, you know, allow chances at the opposite end of the rink. And, you know, he's a player that can play wing, can play center, can play up and down your lineup. Um, had a breakout year for the Penguins last year. And again, if he, if you can get him in for on, on decent value, um, I think that's a really easy decision. Um, at least for me, you know, that, that settles your forward group at that point. Again, Gensel Crosby, Rust, Zucker, Malkin, Raquel can probably do Heinen, Carter, Rodriguez, and then, you know, Bluger, McGinn, and Kappen, and something like that with Ryan Paling and waiting. And, you know, say, say a player struggles, you know, you can bring Paling in. And, you know, I know right now he's probably your 12th forward. But, you know, I think, you know, when you have an opportunity to make your team 
not only deeper, but better, I think you do it and you ask, you know, all the, the harder questions later, you know, that's, and that's what some training camp battles are for. You know, some of these players that are on the market, they may have to take PTOs to come to camp. You know, we'll actually have to see um, if the Penguins offer any, any PTOs on the players. And, you know, remember last year, um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it was around this time close to it that they offered Brian Boyle a PTO and he came in and had a really strong training camp, had a good preseason and um, signed a one-year deal. I'm not really sure if he's going to play again in the NHL. I do not assume it's going to be with the Penguins if he does play again. But, you know, turn that PTO into a contract and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, score double-digit goals for the Penguins, something he hasn't done um, in the last few years. So, you know, you never really know um, with stuff like that. I'll, I, I'd be curious to see if they would give anyone a PTO. But, you know, it, again, it, it is good to see that the Penguins, they're involved in these negotiations. They're still trying to make their team better. And, you know, up until opening night, which is, I believe it is October 13th, if I go to the Penguins app here and double check. Um, no, I do not want the preseason schedule. That's for sure. Um, I will say this, the preseason at this point, three weeks away. Against first preseason game uh, on the 25th of September. And yes, October 13th. So a little over a month now until the regular season. The Penguins, they're going to keep doing their due diligence. They got plenty of time to do something. But again, um, if they were to bring back Rodriguez, it would be a, a beautiful move, um, I think, at least for me. Um, that wraps up the second segment of today's episode. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into some Ty Smith talk and why, you know, I think he has the chance to really surprise some people this year. I know I talked about it um, in my trade analysis about, um, about, well, about a month and a half ago, I think, at this point. But again, I, I really do think he has the opportunity to uh, surprise a lot of people this year. So that's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right, we're back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. We're going to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO Marshall Penguins. I'm going to take a sip of water real quick. Always necessary when you are recording an episode. So um, EP, um, EP Ringside by EliteProspects.com. They, ha- they had a free article open today. Um, on this is from Mitch Brown. He's the uh, contributor, director of North American Scouting. Great article. Um, if it's still open, you can go there and just look up film room. Ty Smith has a chance to turn into a top four defenseman with the Penguins. And I know, yeah, you look at his results last year: six percentile for wins above, above replacement, fourth percentile for even strength offense, five percentile for power play, forty-first percentile for even strength offense. It was bad. You know, he was um, he was not good, but. You know, as, you know, Mitch writes, you know, his below average controlled exit percentage, you know, had a, a high number of dump outs for, uh, to controlled exits. Um, if you look at, you know, his entry prevention percentage for rush defense, it highlights an inability to stop rushes. So he was just getting burned in the defensive zone every shift. And then the gap between Smith's shot assists and that weighted variance suggests lots of passes leading to shots, but few leading to scoring chances. So he just wasn't doing enough, um, you know, with, you know, generating and defending. And, you know, you look at um, Corey Schnadger's all three zones tracking and, you know, for zone entries, 72nd percentile for entry rate, which is good. Pass entries, 90th, 90th percentile, which is good. But entry success, 11th percentile. Like, that is not good. Entry defense, denial rate. Only 17% of the time did he have a denial rate. Um, carry prevention, 13th percentile. Entry trans prevention, 28th percentile. Retrieval exit rate, 13th percentile, just absolute putrid numbers 
And as Mitch writes, you know, he struggled to make plays off retrievals. He became too quick, skilled, and intelligent for those issues to linger. And, you know, you, you saw that in his rookie season when, you know, he, he was you know, playing well in the defensive zone. He was contributing on the rush, pinching down low, getting into the dangerous areas of the ice. But, you know, last year he became turnover prone. You know, he he, he, he was lacking at the in tight edges area to – as Mitch writes, you know, change direction under heavy pressure when he gets separation, you know, he's so, you know, he's closed in on advancing the puck that he just, he passes to cover the teammates or he just bombs the pucks up the boards, you know, which, you know, I, I like to call kind of a heave and pray play, to be honest, you know, you're just, you're putting the puck along the boards and hoping that someone doesn't smack it down with their hand or something like that. Um, but, you know, I do think what the Penguins are going to do with someone like Smith, you know, they're going to, this is going to be Tar Reardon's school of development. And they're going to sit him down, show him some film, be like, okay, you have to be better in this area, this area, in this area, and this is how you do it. And Reardon, we all know how good of a defensive coach he is in the NHL. It worked with Mike Matheson. It worked with Cody Cece. And I think it has a really good chance to work with someone like Smith. Um, and, and that's what Mitch says. You know, development is going to really help him achieve his ultimate um, upside. And, you know, even though he had underlying issues last year with, you know, natural growth and, you know, development and stuff and, you know, zone entries and zone exits, you know, he, he still thinks that he could become the player, you know, that he was once touted, which is a top four defenseman with power play ability. You know, I, I do think if he starts having a, a good year this year, you know, he is going to get some power play minutes and, you know, and he could potentially be on that unit with someone like Jeff Petrie, who is more than capable of quarterbacking a power play. You know, he quarterbacked the one um, in Montreal for numerous years. But I, I definitely think that Smith, he was not a fit in New Jersey under Lindy Ruff's system. That that kind of system is just, it's not for him. It's, you know, Lindy, you know, he has runs a defensive first system. He does not, it's not good for offensive players. And I think he really suffered um, because of that. But now you're going to Mike Sullivan's system, which is very up-tempo, very fast-paced, speed and scale. I really think this can be just majorly beneficial to him and where you can you can see what he shows off with his skating ability, his passing ability, you know, the, the shot that he has. Everything that he is good at in the offensive zone I think is going to come out this year. And I really do think that he can surprise a good amount of people. To say the least. And hopefully he'll be able to clean up his defensive issues because remember, they got Mike Madison for Patrick Hornquist. And what was the thing on him? Oh, yeah. Good offensively, great in transition, a tire fire in his own end. Well, you know what? For give credit to Tom Reardon because he unlocked more of his offensive ability because Madison just had the best season of his career. He continued to be strong in transition and he just posted some of the best defensive metrics that he's had throughout his career. Is that going to stay the same in Montreal? Who knows? But the fact that, you know, Reardon was able to unlock that with him shows that his coaching works. And I really do think that he is going to work magic with Smith here. He is going to surprise a lot of the fan base. And I, it may not be long before he's potentially in the top four at, the, at some point this year. I think it's be wise if you play him with Jan Ruta to start a veteran who can, you know, you know support him and I, I wouldn't say baby him, but, you know, someone who, you know, has been known to play with offensive defense. I mean, you know, this is a player that played the last couple of years with Victor Hedman on the top pairing. And, you know, if that goes well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be elevated up to the second pairing to play with Jeff Petrie. It's kind of the same thing. Petrie's a, an older veteran, someone who can play with any kind of defenseman, I think. And while, you know, Petrie's not what he once was, 
you know, he's still good both offensively and defensively where, you know, he can kind of, you know, I, I, would, I wouldn't say baby him, but I guess, you know, just, you know, watch him, maybe cover him at times if he does make a mistake just because he is good defensively. Um, I think that would honestly be a solid pairing um, as well. So, um, yeah, that's really it. I think I have on Ty Smith. I, I really do think he's going to be a different player this year. Uh, I wasn't big on the trade at the time, but, you know, you look at his hockey prospecting data and you look at, you know, all the all three zones data by Corey Schnazder and, you know, Jay Fresh Hockey and stuff. And you know, this was a, legi- a legitimately good player just a couple seasons ago. I know he had a bad year in New Jersey, but who's to say he can't rediscover his form? Matheson did it. Why can't Ty Smith? And he's still really young. He's a lot younger than Matheson. I'll say that. But again, that wraps up this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'll have another one coming out Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I, again, I know I'll be in Aruba, but the content never, ever sleeps. I'll probably be on one of my laptops. I'll bring my work in my personal laptop, so I'll be able to post through that. Um, again, thank you all so much for listening. Again, I very much apologize for being off the grid for the last couple of weeks. You know, just so much stuff has been going on with my mental health and I've had a lot of anxiety for really the first time in my life, so I've been dealing with that. But um, I think I'm finally... You know, coming out of it, I've seen the better days so far, and I'm really excited to you know go on this vacation here and you know go out of the country for a little bit before um, when I come back. It'll be just a couple of weeks officially, or a little less than a couple of weeks before camp starts. So I'm getting really excited about that. Um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk to you through all a bit later this week.